0: And so we are in a sermon series, if you're here for the first time, that's called Our Great Hope, Finding Peace in the Wonders of God. And so we're looking at the wonders of God and leading one another to have hope in Him. And so two weeks ago, we learned that God revealed Himself through His names, and one of the names that He used to reveal Himself was Yahweh yahweh that god is self-existent that he's not dependent upon anyone or anything outside of himself for his life this means that he has always been and he always will be he is yahweh and last week we learned that god is omnipotent omnipotent means that he is all-powerful all-powerful this means that god does whatever he pleases because he is all-powerful Nothing can resist His power. God is all-powerful. And this week, we will learn that God is omniscient. Now, omniscient comes from a Latin word. Omni means all. Omniscient means knowledge. God is all-knowing when we say that God is omniscient. And so, omniscient means that someone has all-knowledge knowledge all knowledge means whatever is to be known he has it. He has it. The Bible says very clearly that God is omniscient, all-knowing. In fact, there are, in the scripture there are over 2500 examples of the omniscient God in the Bible. And in your sermon notes, if you look at them, I'm not going to cover them all today. I just listed 41 instances. And so you're saying amen to that. You're not going to cover those 41 instances. But there's actually over 2,500 instances where the Bible reveals that God is omniscient. So if you have the sermon notes, look at the end, and you'll find 41 examples. I listed the scriptures there for you of the omniscience of God. But we're just going to talk about a few of them here today. The Bible describes God's knowledge as perfect. Perfect means that God's knowledge is without error. That's not true of you. It's not true of me. I, uh, on a regular basis, I find out that my knowledge is somehow in error and that I've made a mistake. But the Bible describes the knowledge of God as perfect. It's without error. It also describes the omniscience of God, the knowledge of God, as complete. In other words, it's without need for growth. I constantly need to grow in knowledge there's always something else to learn for me to uh, improve my life for me to improve my abilities my skills my talents for me to be a better person a better man a better pastor or whatever I'm doing there's always a need for me to learn more read more and I'm constantly reading and in order to grow in knowledge but God's knowledge is complete he doesn't have a need for growth he knows all he doesn't learn things by logic or reasoning by experience or by being instructed from someone outside of himself his knowledge is complete and then god's knowledge his omniscience means that he his knowledge is infinite it's it's totally without limit (laughs) totally without limit there is there's nothing that God does not know his knowledge is infinite you know what that means it means that God is the expert on everything he is the expert on everything you know when I have a problem whether that problem is a physical problem whether that problem is a family problem whether that problem is a money problem whether that problem is uh something to do with uh something that i'm involved in in, in my life as a pastor or whatever else that i'm involved in a uh, car problem whatever the problem is you know what i seek i seek the experts that's what i want to do i want to find out what should i do in order to find out what should i do i'm always seeking out the people that i believe have the most knowledge to help me solve my problem well i want you to understand the bible describes god's knowledge as infinite without limit and so that means that god is an expert on everything and whatever man knows in his own personal expertise it's because god has already known it he is all-knowing now the bible reveals specifically these things about god and his omniscience the bible reveals that god is eternal and that means that he has all knowledge of the past the present and the future as we know it in psalm uh, chapter 90 and verse 2 it says before the mountains were brought forth or or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God is eternal. He created what we know as linear space and time. God exists in eternity. There's no linear space and time in eternity. God has no age, God has no beginning and God has no end. God enters into linear space and time as we know it, but he's not limited by linear linear space and time as you and I are. What this means is, is that God sees everything that happens in linear space and time from the very beginning till its very end. He sees the end from the beginning and everything in between. He sees everything that's happened Everything that is happening currently and everything that will happen, he is omniscient because he is eternal and he has all knowledge of the past, the present, and the future. The Bible reveals that God has all knowledge of the heavens and the earth. And aren't you glad that the world that we live in, the heavens we live under, God has all knowledge of the heavens and the earth. The Bible reveals that God knows every star and every planet in our solar system. In Psalm 147, in verses 4 and 5, the psalmist wrote, He counts the numbers of the stars and he calls them all by name. Great, great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. A recent study puts the number of the stars that we can see at 70 million, million, million. Or the number 70 followed by 22 zeros. That's just the ones that we can see. That means there are more stars in the sky than there are grains of sand on all the beaches and deserts of the world. And God knows them all by name. God knows their beginning. He knows their end. He knows their path in the heavens. He knows their design. He knows their environment. He knows every detail of every current event on every star and every planet in every galaxy. His understanding is infinite. God knows what mankind has yet to discover in all the intellectual disciplines that we study, including astrology. God has all knowledge of the heavens and he has all knowledge of the earth. The Bible reveals that God has all knowledge of every living creature on the earth. The book of Job is thought to be the oldest book in the Bible. And the book of Job is filled with these references to the knowledge of god the omniscience of god and what what's revealed in the book of job and i'm not going to give you specific verses there but it's easy to look up is that with regard to all living creatures god knows their beginning he knows the day of their birth god knows their design he knows how they're made god knows their thoughts god knows their activity god knows their needs and god knows their end God is familiar, he knows, he has complete knowledge, perfect knowledge, infinite knowledge of every living creature on the earth, according to the book of Job. Jesus said that God knows when a sparrow falls. Every time Steve Harris shoots a quail and it falls to the earth, God knows it. God knows it. He knows when a sparrow falls. In Matthew 10, 29, Jesus said, Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your Father's will. You know, one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture in the Bible about God's omniscience of mankind is found in Psalm 139. I want to read that to you. Psalm 139, I want you to listen closely to this, and as I read this in Psalm 139, I want you to understand that this psalm was written so that you could put your name in it. In other words, what the psalmist was saying about God's knowledge of him, you need to believe about God's knowledge of you. Now listen to what it says. O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down? And you know my rising up you understand my thought afar off you comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways for there's not a word on my tongue but behold O lord you know it all together you have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me such knowledge is too wonderful for me it is high i cannot attain it where can i go from your spirit But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my, my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they are all written the days fashioned for me when as yet there was none of them how precious also are your thoughts of me O god how great is the sum of them if i should count them they would be more in number than the sand and when i awake i am still with you oh that you would slay the wicked O god depart from me therefore you bloodthirsty men for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there's any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. Psalm 139. I think you ought to read that at least once a week and put your name in it. It demonstrates that God has a knowledge of you, of every living creature on the earth, but personally, he has a knowledge of you, and that's important to you. And we're going to learn more about why that's important as we move forward here. This passage of Scripture in Psalm 139 lets us know that God knows our every action before we even act. It lets us know that God knows our every thought before we even think it. It lets us know that, every, I, that God knows our every word before we speak it. It lets us know that God knows our every need before we need it. Psalm 139 lets us know that God knows our every journey before we take it. That he knew who our parents would be. That he knows the intricacies of our design. The way that we're made. That God knows our time on earth. He knows when our lives will begin and when our lives will end. Psalm 139 reveals that God knows our trials, every single one of them. And he knows our anxieties before we even have them. And yes, Psalm 139 reveals to us that God knows our wicked ways. It's not uncommon for us, you know, to communicate our love for others by saying to them, thinking about you something i practice on a regular basis and it's so easy to do today to communicate your love to someone just by saying with a text i'm thinking about you and i would encourage you to do that because it's a great way to communicate love only takes a few moments in fact i would encourage you right now pull out your cell phone and just send that to someone that you want them to know that you are uh, that you love them just say i'm thinking of you Would you do that? Just love them by saying that. And it's a wonderful way to do that. Psalm 139 says, there's no one who knows you or thinks about you more than God. No one. Psalm 139, 17, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. Wow. What do we know about that? It's somewhere beyond 70 million, million, million. God's thoughts of you. Isn't that incredible? says, when I awake, I am still with you. Jesus said that God knows the very numbers of hairs on our head. In Matthew ten thirty, but the very hairs of your head, they're all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more value than many sparrows. No one, absolutely no one, knows you like God. Well, how should we respond to this truth that, that God is omniscient, that he's all-knowing? That he knows us so personally what kind of response should uh, should we make to this to this truth well first of all we should seek him <laughs> we should seek god the bible commands us to seek god in jeremiah 29 13. jesus commanded it in matthew 7 7 through 12. We are commanded to seek God, but let me tell you something, if God is omniscient and you've got a problem, and God is the great problem solver, you shouldn't have to be commanded to seek God. If you really believe that's true, you should just seek him, because you know he has the information that you need. Because God is all-knowing, you would think that we would seek him for how we should manage our lives. You see, God is the expert on morality. All of the instruction of God on morality from Genesis to Revelation, it comes from his nature. But God is the expert on morality. He is perfectly righteous. Did you know that God is the expert on money and money management? Not only morality management in your life, but God is the expert on money management in your life. God is the expert on your mission in life. People are always asking, I just don't know what I'm here for. What's my purpose in life? I want you to understand God understands you and he understands what your mission should be. He created you. He designed you. God is the expert on your mission in life. God is the expert on marriage and family. So many people today have problems in marriage that they just can't resolve and problems in family. Do you know that God is the expert he is all-knowing when it comes to marriage and family marriage was god's idea he was the one who thought it up before the fall of man and god is the expert on marriage and family you name a subject and i want you to know god is the expert on that subject and that's the reason that god told joshua in joshua 1 8 he said to joshua this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. God loved Joshua, and he wanted him to be successful. God loved the nation of Israel, and he wanted them to be successful. And so he said, listen to me. Here's how you manage your life. You meditate on my word. Is how you manage your life and then you will prosper israel then you will prosper joshua because god is the expert on how we should manage our life this is the reason david said this in psalm 1 he said blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law he meditates meditates that just means to reflect with repetition he meditates he reflects with repetition upon the word of the lord and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper but the ungodly are not so but are like the chaff which the wind dries away therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous for the lord knows the way of the righteous but the way of the ungodly shall perish you know it just seems to me if you believe that god is all-knowing and that he's the expert on how we should manage our lives then it would just be natural to seek him we do this in every other area of our life if you get sick you're going to try to go find a doctor who knows what's going on right you don't want a doctor who's uneducated and unintelligent you want someone who knows the answers and you really don't care if they're Christian or not if they've got the answers you want the answers well how much more should we go to God and seek him for about how we should manage our life you would think that we'd be reading that Bible every day every day reading that Bible on how we should manage our life based upon the fact that God is omniscient And his knowledge is perfect well just the opposite is true I mean this is an oxymoron come on you seek the expert in other areas of your life whenever you have an issue but when it comes to going to God you need preachers like me to tell you to seek him why is that well here's the reason why is that we're born with a nature of rebellion against God that's the only explanation That explains it you'll do it in every other area of your life but when it comes to the God who knows everything we don't seek him because we are rebels against God the Bible says that we go our own way it doesn't make any sense in fact the Bible says you're fools is what he calls us because he has all the answers he is omniscient he knows all things and instead of going to him what do we do Oh, we go to people like our friends. We go to philosophers. We go to other religions. And we ask them, how should we manage our life? How should we live our life? Instead of going to the one true God who's omniscient. It absolutely does not make any sense. The only thing that will make sense of it is that we're born with a nature that's in rebellion against God. And we don't seek him. We don't don't seek him from the time that we're born. It's amazing to me who people will listen to when it comes to getting advice. I mean, I just don't get it. The books that people read. I mean, they read books and they don't even check the source. This week someone sent me a a text and it had a, a, a podcast in there. And I listened to that podcast by this particular philosopher. And he was given his philosophy of life. And I listened to that you know what I did first thing I go googling I want to find out about him. you know and the truth is I wouldn't even listen to the podcast for my own personal benefit until I found out about him and you know what I found out about him I found out that he had been married three times and he died an alcoholic in his sleep but man he's given advice and people are listening to him are they crazy absolutely We're absolutely crazy that we don't seek the omniscient God for how we should manage our life. We'll listen to anyone else but God, and that's because we're all born rebels against God, every one of us. Doesn't matter if you're born in a great home or you're born in a poor home, you're born in a home where there's Christians or not Christians, I want you to know, No matter who your parents are, when you're born, you are born a rebel against God. And you're gonna go your own way. Instead of seeking the omniscient God and saying, God, please, tell me how to manage my money. Tell me how to manage my morality. Tell me how to manage my education. Tell me how to manage my life. Tell me how to manage how I relate to other people. God, you tell me. No, that's not what we do. Because we're all born rebels Against God Like Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, we deceive ourselves into believing that God's way is not the best way for us to live. Isn't that crazy again? Here's an omniscient God, and we convince ourselves that His way is not the best way for us to live. That's just absurd to me that that's exactly what we do. and what we do is just what Adam and Eve do, instead of the, choosing the tree of life we choose the tree of good and evil and more often than not i found myself choosing the knowledge of evil i've chosen the knowledge of evil countless times during my nearly 65 years of life and every time i've done that i want you to know i've been the fool you know god knows our choices we already read about in psalm 139 Uh, He's not fooled like we can fool our parents. You know, we can act like we're a good kid to our parents when in reality we're not being good. He's not fooled like we can fool our parents, our family, our friends, our teachers, our coaches, our employers. God knows everything. He knows every choice we make throughout the course of our life. In fact, he knows it before we ever make it. God knows it. God knows everything we've ever done, and he knows everything we ever will do. God knows every trip you take into immorality. Every trip you've ever taken, every trip you will take— he already knows it all. God knows every tour you take into pornography. Men, he knows every single tour you've ever taken into pornography, and he knows every single tour you ever will take into pornography. God knows every time you've lied to cover your sin, both past, present, and future. God knows every thought you think that's an evil, evil thought. God knows it. God knows everything you say or do that hurts other people. He's seen every one of them. He knows all of your past sins, all of your present sins, all of your future sins. God knows every trick you turn to try to escape your pain. He knows everything you do to try to medicate your pain in your life. And he's seen it all. He knows it all. He knew how you were going to manage your life before you were ever born. He knew that when you were born, you were going to be a rebel against him. God knew. But he gave you life anyway you're here this morning now why would he do that why would he do that i mean if you knew that you were going to have a child and before that child was conceived you knew what that child was going to choose to be you knew what that child was going to choose to do You knew every sin that child was ever going to commit against you and against others. And if you knew that that child was going to be a rebel and was going to cause great hurt and pain to other people, would you give life to that child? Or would you say, you know, I don't think so. God gave life to you. And why did he do it? This is a part of the wonder of God. God knows everything. But God loves you. God loves you, and you would not be here today if it were not for the love of God. God would have seen to it that you were never born, except he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. You know, uh, baby Dakota has got a physical problem we already know about. From all the ultrasound, sonograms that they do these days, she has a cliff palate. She has a defect we don't know how serious that's going to be we don't know if it's going to require one surgery or multiple surgeries but we don't know we don't know but Allie is choosing to have baby Dakota anyway even with that knowledge that she's defected now why is that because she loves Dakota she loves dakota and she's never even seen her she loves dakota and she doesn't even know it i want you to know whatever love that Allie has for dakota multiplied a million times or more and that's the love that god has for you that's why you're here right now it's because god loves you you say well how do i know that he loves me well here it is you ready here it is god knew what you were going to do before you were born he knew the choices you were going to make he knew you were going to become a rebel and what did god do god came up with a plan to save you from your rebellion (laughs) and i want you to know it wasn't just any plan it was a plan in which he personally bore the responsibility for your rebellion in which he personally bore the responsibility for my sin and your sin god in his great love for us While we were sinners, he commanded his love toward us in that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, died for your sin. And you know what? He knew not only your rebellion before you were born, he knew he was going to do that for you before the foundation of the world. That's how much God loves you. He gave his life for you. The life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he loves you, he's giving you an opportunity. Why would he do this? Because he loves us. He's given us an opportunity to experience the knowledge of him forever. I'm so frustrated at times by my limited knowledge of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says there will come a day when that limitation is going to be removed. What an incredible thing it will be. I mean, I'm already standing in awe of who God is. I just can't imagine all of the limitations of my earthly mind being removed. And suddenly, I'm able to see the full glory of God. I tell you what, that's going to be an awe moment. Awe moment. And he loves you and he wants you to have that knowledge of him Forever and ever and ever. He wants you to be eternally with Him. That is the love of God. The truth is, you can choose the knowledge of Him forever, or you can choose life without the knowledge of Him forever. You know, the way I describe hell on earth is just life without the knowledge of God. I know my life would be a living hell without the knowledge of God right now. I want you to know I wouldn't be able to love my wife. I wouldn't be able to love my kids the way that God loves me. I wouldn't be able to love you. I wouldn't be able to lead anyone to the love of God. I wouldn't be able to do any of those things without the knowledge of God. And I can't imagine living on this earth without the knowledge of God. And I want you to understand, I cannot imagine what it would be like to be in a place where there's no knowledge of God forever. God will be there, it says it, but no knowledge of him. No relationship with him. Forever and ever and ever and ever that's a choice that God gives each one of us that my friend would be hell so how should we respond if we believe in this omniscient God that loves us like this well we should seek him (laughs) we should seek him and that begins with seeking his son Jesus for the forgiveness of our sin have you ever done that before have you ever sought the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin so that you can have a personal relationship with god with the omniscient god forever that's the first thing you need to do you need to seek jesus because no one comes unto the father except through jesus and once we find jesus we should obey him not because we must but because we want to because we know he loves us not only should we seek him but we should serve him we should serve him If we have received the Lord Jesus Christ and we have that knowledge of God, folks, how should we live? Oh, we should serve him. We should be on mission for him. We should be loving one another. Do you know what spiritual maturity is? Spiritual maturity is not just a growth in knowledge. Can you imagine a God of all knowledge without love? Oh, my goodness. A God of all knowledge without love? we put so much into knowledge but you know what true spiritual maturity is not just growing in knowledge it's growing in love and together as a church we work together to grow in loving one another and i want you to know we're growing in that love we're growing in that culture we're learning to love one another we're getting better at it all the time but it also means loving those who don't know god it means being in their corner no matter what their condition is no matter what their moral condition is god wants us to love them as well we need to serve god we need to be on mission for him loving sinners and loving one another making disciples for jesus and then how should we respond to this truth we should sanctify him in our hearts in other words you know what it means to sanctify it means to set him apart And practically what that means is that he should have a place in our hearts that no one else has. You know, I love people dearly, and uh, there's people that are in my heart that I love so much, I don't have words to describe my love. But I want you to understand, there's a place in my heart, and there should be a place in all of our hearts for God that no one else has. We should love him more than we love anyone else because of what he's done for us we should depend on him in a way that we do not depend upon anyone else we all disappoint one another not one of us can promise I'll always be there for you you can't make that promise because death will take us all but God can make that promise he said I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you God should have a place in our hearts a place that we a person that we depend on that we don't depend on like that we depend on more than anyone else in our lives we should sanctify him in our hearts he should stand alone in our heart as god and king we should sanctify him you know we should honor god in a way that we do not honor anyone else i love giving honor to people i love giving people credit but i want you to know we should love giving god honor more than we love giving people honor i want you to understand when we gather together on sunday mornings to worship god in song i want you to understand that our honor of god should exceed any celebration that we do for any person on earth and we should do that every week when we come together in fact i would encourage you to do it every day make time every day to honor god in a way that you don't honor anyone else in your life we should boast about god i mean he's all-knowing and he is loving we should Boast about God in a way that we don't boast about anyone else. And I enjoy boasting about you and boasting about people. But I should boast about God. I should exalt him and honor him. I should magnify him more than I magnify any person on this earth. I should sanctify him in my heart. And then we should praise him in a way that we do not praise anyone. We should praise him in a way that we do not praise him. It's great to praise men for their accomplishments, for their achievements, for their character, but who should we praise more than anyone else? We should praise the living God. We should sanctify him in our hearts. He is the omniscient God. We're going to sing a song right now as we end the service. And that song is, you know it, if you've been around here for very long, it's called How Great Thou Art. That's the God that we serve, the omniscient God who loves us the way that he loves us. And so we're going to worship him with this song. And I want you to praise him. I want you to sanctify him in your hearts as the omniscient God. Let's stand together. Scott and Brandon will lead us. And let's worship him.
1: Then sings my soul, my Savior.
0: Oh, Lord, my
1: God. Boy, we just went through that one, didn't we? Oh, oh, Lord, my God. When I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the star I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe display. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. fill my heart then i will bow in humble adoration and there proclaim proclaim it my god how great thou art I save your God to thee, how great thou art.
0: The service with uh, prayer for those who need it, and certainly my daughter Allie and my son Will need it, and so I'm going to ask someone, if you would, to come up and, from their group, someone's in their group, come on up, Rachel, she'll stand in for them, pray for the this new child and the birth of that child, and I know there's other needs here this morning that you need prayer to this awesome God who knows who knows you, and you need to cry out to him, you need to seek him. For wisdom so I want to give you a chance if if you have a need come on forward at this time whatever the need might be come on up come on up if you have a need for prayer come on up whatever the need might be just stand to my left or to my right yeah we want to pray for Adriel absolutely come up right there that's good come on up if you need prayer amen amen come on up all right we need lots of prayers this morning if you want to pray for these, we need two or three with each person. Would you come on up and, and circle them in prayer at this time? All right, if I was coaching my UCO team right now, you'd be doing wind sprints. <laughs> come on up. 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 Circle these folks in prayer here, at least two or three with each person. And let me say this. If you need Jesus you need to receive him right now just turn to him and say Jesus I didn't realize this about you this morning until today and it hit me today and right now I know I need a Savior I need you as my Savior save me Jesus from my sin forgive me of my sin and he will he's made the sacrifice for you once and for all no other sacrifice needs to be made no other payment needs to be made he paid it all for you will you receive him right now just turn to him right now, right where, you're, right where you're standing. Say, I receive you, Jesus, as my personal Savior and Lord. I receive you. And then if you receive him, his prescription is that you publicly profess your faith through the waters of baptism. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that. So if you've received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you need to follow him in the waters of baptism. And we would love to accommodate you with that. And so the way that you go about that is you just come to me this morning and say, I need to be baptized. I've received Jesus. I've never been baptized. I need to today. Or you can put it on one of those connect cards. I need to be baptized and we'll contact you. But I'll be right here for a few minutes. If you want to be baptized, come and talk to me. And I'll be glad to share with you and and, uh, make a plan for that, okay? All right. Let me pray over you and then I'll let you be quietly dismissed. I hope you'll come back and worship with us at our Thanksgiving service next Sunday. Uh, We'll be gathering at 1040. We'll be uh, eating right around 11. So come and be with us. Thank you, Father, for this time to be together. Bless these that are receiving prayer right now. You are the all-knowing God. Lord, I pray that you would just answer, answer, Lord, these prayers that are being lifted up to you right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be quietly dismissed. Thank you for being here today.